Thank you for being here today. You know, those of you who were here last year on May 31st, about 350 of you joined us on that day. And we had a wonderful day as we had Love Loud, our one-day mission trip to our community. And we had intended to do Love Loud basically every other year. But some pastors approached us this year and asked if we could do a Love Loud ministry together. That is, our churches partnering together. And we thought, well, that would be a pretty cool thing. Rather than just having a Mount Airy thing, having a kingdom thing, and all these churches working together to minister to the community. So we have six churches that will partner together on April the 18th. And mark that day on your calendar, April the 18th. Six churches will partner together for this one-day mission trip to our community. Mount Pisgah Baptist Church, Mount Moriah Baptist Church, Mount uh, Mountain Springs, First Baptist Powdersville, Welcome Baptist Church, and our church will come together to make God's love visible in this community. And through that one-day mission opportunity, we want to come to our community and love loud on them. Now, I looked up the word loud, the definition loud, and it means having exceptional volume or intensity. Having exceptional volume or intensity. I mean, we talk about loud music, talk about loud thunder, loud talking, loud trucks, loud kids. And sometimes, would you agree with this? Sometimes it's not a positive when you're talking about something being loud. Sometimes it's not a positive when somebody has exceptional volume or intensity. Loud can be pretty irritating sometimes. I doubt that your wife has ever said to you, Honey, that TV is too loud, but it's wonderful. I doubt that that's ever been said at your house. Loud can sometimes be irritating. But when you're talking about love, it is appropriate to have exceptional volume and exceptional intensity, especially when you're talking about sharing God's love. Now, I want you to think about this as we kind of work our way into this message today. I want to drive home an important point that we'll look at in the Scripture in just a moment. Here's the thing I want you to get today. Loud is noticeable. Loud is always noticeable. Without exception, it gets our attention when something is loud. When there's a loud guy on the airplane, it gets your attention. When there's a loud crying baby in the movie theater, it gets your attention. When there is a loud motorcycle that goes by at 6 o'clock in the morning, it gets your attention. Loud is always noticeable. So here's what we want to do. On April the 18th, we want to get the attention of this community as we love loud. On April the 18th, we want to turn up the volume as we demonstrate the love of Christ in a tangible way. On April the 18th, we want God's love to be noticeable as we love loudly. Now, it might surprise you, but Jesus once talked about living a life that's noticeable. I'll show you that in Matthew chapter 5. Open God's Word. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Our verses will be verse 14. 15 and 16. In this text, as Jesus was preaching at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount, as he was preaching and teaching to his disciples, he talked to them about living a life 
that's noticeable. And look how he says it, beginning in verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I don't know if you noticed it as we were reading that text, but in each of the three verses we just read, Jesus emphasized living in such a way that people notice. Look at it again. Let me walk through it with you. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. It's noticeable. I've been to Galilee. I've been to the, on the Sea of Galilee, and there is a, a city on the mountaintop there on the top of the hill that you can see, and it's likely that that city was in existence when Jesus was teaching at the Sermon on the Mount. It's very likely he could have pointed to that very city and said, a city on the hill cannot be hidden. And they all looked up on the top of the hill and they could see that, that city and it's noticeable. And they get it. Then look what he said in verse 14. Um, verse 15, rather. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Everybody in the house sees by way of that light. It's noticeable. Then he says this in verse 16. In the same way, just like a city on a hill cannot be hidden, just like a lamp on a stand gives light to everyone in the house, it's noticeable in the same way, let your light shine before men. That they may, what's that next word, church? That they may see your good deeds. It's noticeable. And praise your Father in heaven. Someone has said that the best way to spread Christianity is to be Christian. I think that's a pretty good idea. That the best way to spread Christianity is to be Christian. You see, we should not have an invisible faith. God is calling us in this text to have a faith that is noticeable. The world has a need, God has a plan, and it involves you. Now, I want you to notice how this text begins in verse 14, where he says, you are the light of the world. Now, question. You don't have to answer out loud, but think about it. Who was Jesus talking to when he said this? When he said, you are the light of the world, who is you? Well, he was talking to his 12 disciples primarily. Now, when we think of the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles, we look up to them, right? We revere them. These are great men of faith, and we hold them in high regard. And and in fact, some of them even wrote books of the Bible. We admire and revere those men. But when Jesus spoke these words These were just 12 ordinary men. When he spoke these words, there was not an influential or a famous person among them. When he first spoke to these people, they had just gotten off the fishing boat a few weeks ago. They had just left the tax collector's booth a few weeks ago. These were ordinary people. And yet Jesus said to these 12 ordinary men, You are the light of the world. I wonder if that really sank in with them and if perhaps Peter, who's usually the one to kind of jump in and say something, I wonder if Peter didn't just, are you sure? I mean, when I look around, I mean, are you sure? 
Jesus said with great certainty and without hesitation, you are the light of the world. I've got to ask you a question. Do you ever feel like maybe your life doesn't matter? Do you ever feel like maybe you, you don't really, you've not really done any, anything significant with your life and you wonder if you'll ever have that chance to do something that would count? Jesus is saying in this text, your life has potential. Your life has amazing potential. Now, some of you, I understand, work in a very dark place. I've talked to people over the years, and you've told me about some of the places. Pastor, I don't work in a place like you do. I mean, you're at the church office. You're in that, you're in that little office you've got there, and you, you're working with other ministers. And I don't work in a place like that. Pastor, where I work, it's really dark spiritually. It's hard to be a Christian where I work. Uh, there's, there's guys and ladies there that talk in a blasphemous way and sin is laughed at and mocked and they come in on Monday and talk about all the, the things, the parties and the things they did on the weekend and honesty and integrity is, is just hard to find and, and they kind of laugh at Christians and mock them as intolerant and irrelevant. I, I live in a, or, or I work in a really dark place. Some of you would say, I live in a dark place. I'm the only Christian in my family. I don't have anybody else that really believes what I believe. They don't come to church with me. They harass me for coming. They harass me for tithing. They don't understand why I always go on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. They don't have the convictions that I have. They mock me. They laugh at me. I live in a dark place. You may be the only Christian in that department, or you might be the only Christian in your family, but listen carefully. When the darkness is overwhelming, guess when the light is most noticeable? Jesus said, you. In fact, you can translate it this way. You and you alone are the light. And that is when the light is most noticeable. In fact, I want to show you this in Scripture. Uh, Look in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. He says this. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a, in a crooked and depraved generation, translation, in a very dark place, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. He was talking about people who were living and working and and being a part of a very dark place. And he says, you shine like stars in a very dark sky. You see, ladies and gentlemen, no one should ever have to ask you if you are a Christian especially if you are living or working in a dark place, it should be evident that you are a Christian simply by the way you live your life before them. You see, the lost folks around you probably won't be all that impressed with what you won't do. The lost folks around you probably won't be that impressed with where you won't go. The lost folks around you are not going to be that impressed with what you won't drink. The lost folks around you are not going to be impressed with all the religious meetings you go to. 
But the lost folks around you will be very impressed when they notice that you're different in a God sort of way. When they notice Jesus making a difference in your life. You see, you are living proof that there is another way to live. You are living proof that Jesus is real. You are the light of the world. And that's why, if your Christianity stops at the church door on your way out, then your Christianity is not good for much. Because you're supposed to live your faith wherever you are. You should be just as much a Christian at the factory as you are in church. Your Christianity should be just as real in your workplace and in your home and on the golf course and in the boardroom. Everywhere you go, you should be just as much a Christian there as you are here. Jesus didn't say, you are the light of the church. He said, you are light of the world. And in your world, it ought to be obvious that you're a follower of Jesus. And so look what he says in verse 15, going back to Matthew 5. Look what he says in verse 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Jesus said, let's just think for a moment. Whenever you light a little oil lamp in your home, nobody lights that and then hides it. That'd be ridiculous. Nobody lights that and then covers it. That would be ridiculous. He said, no, you take that light, and watch this, watch this, you take that light and you place it in a prominent place. You place it in a prominent place so that it can give light to, the, to everyone in the room. Your light should be noticeable. Here's what I want you to understand. We have what those in in the darkness need. Our life as a Christian is supposed to be obvious. It is supposed to be noticeable. It is supposed to be deliberate because we have what those in the darkness need. Jesus said, you take this light, you put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the room. Now, I think the implications of that are pretty amazing. I want you to think through this with me. If you are living in a dark place, if you are working in a dark place, Jesus Christ has trusted you to be his light there. And he is asking you to be his light there. Because listen to this, without you, then all there is is darkness. Without you, then all there is is the darkness in that place. So humbly... Gently, lovingly, but undeniably be light in that dark place. Just embrace who you are. Embrace what God's called you to do. And maybe just for a week, say, okay, this week, I'm going to go to my place of work, and I'm going to be light there. I'm going to go to my dorm, and I'm going to be light there this week. I'm going to go back to my family. They don't know God or believe in God. I'm going to be light there. Now, My guess is what I've shared with you so far, none of you are pushing back and saying, I don't know about that. My guess is everything I've said so far, you've probably heard it before and you're okay with it and it's maybe a good reminder. But I think what you're going to push back on a little bit is in verse 16. I think verse 16 is the one that makes us a little uncomfortable. 
Here's what Jesus said in verse 16. In the same way, that is, just like the light is, or the city is noticeable on the hill, just like the light on the, light, on the lampstand is noticeable, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. That doesn't quite sound right, does it? I mean, that does, there's something that just doesn't feel right about that. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. That just sounds kind of strange. Now, some of you who study your Bible a lot may say, now, wait a minute, Pastor, I just thought of something. Didn't Jesus warn us against theatrical religion in Matthew chapter 6 in this same sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, over one more chapter, chapter 6? Didn't Jesus warn us against theatrical religion, doing things to be seen? Didn't he warn us against theatrical religion? Yes, he did. But he also warns us against theoretical religion. Theoretical religion that has nothing to prove that it's real. Theoretical religion that's just about what we say we believe, but we don't do anything. You see, if you have an invisible faith, it is useless to those who are in darkness. Hear that again. If you have an invisible faith, it's useless to those who are in darkness. Don't just believe something or feel something. Do something. Be noticeable. Jesus said it very plainly. In the same way, let your light shine before men. That is, do something that they may see your good deeds. Do something. Be noticeable. Let's be honest. That's why some of you are here. That's the reason some of you are here. There was a time you didn't know God. There was a time you you weren't involved in church, but you worked with somebody. You knew somebody who was a Christian. And you watched how they lived their life. You watched how they responded in pressure situations. You watched how they treated people. You watched how they conducted business. You watched how they handled things. You just watched the way that they lived. And the way that they lived got your attention. And it made you want what they want or what they have. And, and it made you want their God the way that you worship God. And, and that's why some of you are here because somebody lived out this verse before you. Their Christian faith was noticeable, and you noticed. Now, let me be clear. The goal is not just to draw attention to yourself. The goal is far, far bigger than that. The goal is in verse 16. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds, and, make sure you get what comes after and, and praise your Father in heaven. I love what C.S. Lewis has said. C.S. Lewis said, Don't shine so that others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see Him. That's why we're having Love Loud this year. We want to give you an opportunity, a chance to let your light shine before men, not so that they can see you working and serving, but so that they can perhaps see Him. 
Some of you are new and you have no idea what Love Loud is, so let me explain it to you very quickly. It's a one-day mission event that gives everybody, from children all the way through senior adults, an opportunity to use the gifts God's given you in order to serve others and to love loudly. So here's what I need you to do. On your pew there, you have a brochure. I want you to find it. It's on the end of your pew somewhere and pass it across to everyone else. I need everyone to have a brochure that looks like this in your hand. If you have to get up and move around to get one, that's fine. Everyone up in the balcony, down here on the lower floor, whether you are a lifetime member or a first-time guest, I would ask you to have one of these in your hand. This brochure does a great job of explaining the 20 or so different mission opportunities that you will have on April the 18th. And here's what I need you to do. In just a moment, we're going to show a video from last year's Love Loud. It's going to put up pictures and reminders of what we did last year. And what I want you to do is, while that video is playing, I want you to read over this brochure. I want you to choose, listen to this, listen, listen, listen. I want you to choose your first, second, and third choice. And the reason we need you to choose three is because when we have six churches and hundreds and hundreds of people involved in this, it's unlikely that everybody will get their first choice. So we need you to choose your first, second, and third choice. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. And praise your Father which is in heaven. People ought to notice our faith. They ought to notice God that's in us. So we want to give you that opportunity to be part of this day. Just one way and we can be a light to our world. So here's what we're going to do. At the invitation in just a moment, we're going to stand and sing. I want to ask you, just as a sign of your commitment a way of expressing that you want to be a light in your world, to bring those registration forms and just lay them on the stage here. Just bring them up during the invitation, drop them off, and you can return to your seat. Now you say, well, Pastor Keith, I I haven't signed up yet because I need to talk to my family. That's fine. You can go to www. It's on the form there, www.loveloud.church and sign up online. Or you can bring your form and turn it in next week. But for those of you who have already filled out your form, you're ready to make that commitment and say, yes, I'm going to be part of that day on April 18th. I want you to come forward during this invitation. Again, whether you're a first-time visitor or a lifelong member, everyone is invited to participate. So let let me pray over you, and then I want you to bring your forms, and let's uh, put them on the stage as a way of saying, Lord, we want to be a people who love loudly, unashamed, and making sure people notice our faith, and our Savior. Father, thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you, God, that we have a, a love to share. And may we share it in a way that is noticeable and undeniable. Thank you for the Mount Airy family, their willingness to be on mission with you around the world, but also here in our own neighborhoods. Help us to be that kind of people and to be that kind of church. And I pray that now in the name of Jesus. Amen.